it's about getting to the closing table, right? right? It's not necessarily about finding the buyer. It's about making sure we get to the closing table. So even though that offer might be $10,000 more, you're not actually realizing that money. You're risking. Yeah, you're right. not realizing that money until you get to the closing table. Yep. And reason number 4,227. To work with a real estate That you don't want a FISBO. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
if they're open or closed or whatever, need to be taken care of during the inspection period. Unfortunately, those permits are not looked at during the inspection period. They're typically not seen until the title company does the title that pulls the, uh, does all the their mm-hmm. research, and then they say, "Oh, by the way, there's an open permit," and like people just start throwing up their arms and red flags. Yep. But it really isn't. So, just if again, if you guys don't take anything else out of this, if you're going to look for permits, do it during the inspection period because, as per the contract, you can't cancel the contract based on open permits after the inspection period and reason number 4227 to work with a real estate that you don't want a fizzbo <laughs> wow <laughs> what's the percentage of the the contractors not closing them out as opposed to the homeowner. Oh, it's I mean, huge. It's, I mean, it's, like it could be raining that day, and, and so so the the city inspector didn't go back out. You know, so yeah. uh, most of the time, I mean, the the contractor, if you have a contractor, is responsible for closing out the permit. I didn't always use a contractor for my stuff, so you know, there there's all kinds of variables in there, but it it's not a lien on the property. So a homeowner to protect themselves, if you are gonna open, have something done to your property, you probably wanna make sure the contractor sends you a closed permit. Yes. That would help us yeah. facilitate and, sales. And then going back to that because whole- Because dis- they don't do it. Right, and going back to that disclosure <laughs> that. piece, if, 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 I, if I know, hey, by the way, I got a pool put in, mm-hmm. um, my contractor never closed out the permit, but we did it everything to code. I can tell you that. I can tell you that up front. You can determine how important it is to you at that point in time um, because there's nothing that says that you can't purchase my home without that closed permit. Without it closed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it could have, the work could have never been started in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, on the contract, there's always been a paragraph 8A and 8B. Paragraph 8 is the financing uh, paragraph. So uh, this past revision not the one that takes effect November 1st but the past one actually showed where um, 8a said that they could pay cash or they could get financing but there wasn't a financing contingency of the contract so if they checked 8a they were getting financing and for some reason they got denied financing they could buy cash they could buy cash or if they couldn't they'd lose their escrow okay so that was that would paragraph 8a and then 8b was the financing piece of it so now what the financing piece on 8a says that is this is a cash transaction with no contingencies Um, and the reason that's important is over the last year and a half two years with the craze in the market one of the things that buyers were doing to show their strength is they were checking box 8a saying and saying, hey, I'm getting financing, but there's no financing contingency. So if for some reason they didn't get their loan, they're forfeiting their escrow deposit. Um, This language doesn't allow for that. I don't know how realtors are going to work around it or what they're going to do, but I just thought that was an important change as well. Yeah, I think so, because I I don't know, you know, I know the market's kind of shifting a little bit right now, but there was a time even this summer where people were waiving everything. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> Zero no, no day ho- inspections. No home inspections, no appraisals, no, you know, no. This, they were just going into these things without no net. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just and, completely and, hey, blind. Here's, a, here's an extra 25K. <laughs> Scary. Just give you a bag of money. Wow. When you say it like that, it's it really scary, right? Take my yeah. offer. 
<laughs> yeah, when you say it like that, that's really scary. I, I, I remember sitting with a group of agents and somebody said, I've got desperate buyers. And, and this was this past you know spring. I'm like, what makes them desperate? Are they living in their car? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, really, what created the desperation? And it's that herd mentality. Everybody was yes. running full force for it. I got to yeah. jump in and go, too. Yeah, yeah, we we it's went like buying that. Bitcoin. You know, you see something going up, and you want a part of it. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. That's, and some the, of us waited too long. The hardest thing <laughs> is when it when it Thanks crashes to go buy it then. Yeah, like it's, you got to buy the dip. You buy the dip. I mean, and so whenever somebody says to me now that they're a real estate investor, I learned in two thousand four, five, and six. Uh oh. Yeah, if somebody's <laughs> investing in real estate when the market's like this, they're not a true investor. You're investing in real estate when the market's like this. Amen. Yeah, and same with stock market. Yeah, I agree. So, hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here, but you just made me think of a question. Okay. What do the next twelve months look like in real estate here in Tampa Bay? <laughs> Hold on. Crystal ball. Time. She just left. <laughs> no, I have something for you. Okay. Ask me. Is, is this like the magic eight ball? Oh my gosh. Get out of here. <laughs> no, but seriously, I do have a magic eight ball I keep on my desk. I had a seller um, once ask me, he wanted me to tell him exactly what his house was going to sell for. I'm like, I can't predict that. But anyways, uh, I did see a great article yesterday, Fortune, uh, Fortune Magazine published, and they were talking about the number of homes that are going to slowly be released from forbearance. And, you know, the, the doom and gloom folks the that, they, yeah, yep. yeah, the doom and gloom folks uh, that um, got hit hard with the Great Recession, they're like, oh, you know, thinks, thinks everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket. But um, I thought what was important was that the chart showed the release being and when those were going mm -hmm. to be released. And I think there was a Zillow estimate that said for the month of September, there might be like 240,000 homes That's released right. yeah. in, in the country. I was going to say, Gar Gary Keller, he said at Mega Camp a couple of weeks ago that if every home that's currently in forbearance right now got released on the same day, it's two months inventory in today's thank market. You. Thank you. Yeah, so that that's a great thing to, to take into consideration. But here's another one. The properties that are going to be released, what type of condition do you think they're in? <laughs> well, if they have Not fantastic, <laughs> I can yeah. tell you that. No, and guess what buyers want? They want HGTV ready. So to me, this is an investor frenzy. Like if, if I was if I was looking to invest in real estate right now, I'd be looking to pick up some of those forbearance properties. They probably need mostly cosmetic. TLC. They, yep. they, 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 they were, might. They were good up until two years ago. Yeah, but the buyer of today, sweat equity doesn't live in their vocabulary. Mm. And that's all I Shame know. Shame on them. That's mm. all I know. Like I will never buy somebody else's finished product because real estate is my wealth building strategy. So... You, you've got to, you, there are so many factors involved when we're looking at things like the real estate market and saying in 12 months from now, yeah, we might have a little bit more inventory, but if that inventory is getting picked up by investors, they want to make a profit and it, and will, it will, and mm -hmm. they want to make a profit on it. So like you're looking at still an increased price. Um, I do think that we're going to have a softening in the increase the growth so um, year over year we've had a 20% increase in uh, average sales prices yep. the historical average is about 4% that's a really good healthy market so I think we're gonna see that 20% increase come down sure 
But I think it's going to come down to something healthier, like a, yes. a six to eight six. percent. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody's expecting it to go negative. But yeah, it, but it's going to slow. It's it going to slow down. And and. And the good news is the homeowners that are in forbearance, they have equity now. In most cases, mm-hmm. they still have the equity, so they're able to sell, get mm-hmm. out of that mm-hmm. problem, if you will, and, and go on to downsize or rent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not in distress. Exactly. Um, so, you know, looking over the next 12 months, I, I think we're going to have a little bit of inventory come to the market, but I definitely don't think that it's going to be anything detrimental. I think if you bought this past spring, you're still good. If you sold this past spring, you're golden. If you sold and rented, I had a couple people do that. If they could find a rental property. Yeah. 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 We've got a guy that works with us who just did the same thing. He, he, he sold this past summer, um, with intentions of using that asset now to buy two places. Hmm. And right now he's renting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I know you're wrapping up, but uh, 2012, I heard uh, Warren Buffett talk about this exact thing, and and I've been preaching about it for two years now, three years maybe. Um, he was talking about that the Great Recession just kind of crumbled the housing industry. Like, there were, people weren't building houses any longer. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we still, uh, we might be now, a building at the rate that we were back in 2002. So, like, and then, so you've got about a, an eight- to 10-year window mm-hmm. where new construction wasn't, caught up. wasn't yeah, happening. Still way behind. But guess what else happened? Pandemic. No. Millennial home buyers, boom. Millennial, Biggest generation in our history. Yeah, 72% of home buyers right now are millennials, and, and they're like 30 years old. They got a good job. They're and starting we're gonna families. See, we're we're going to see that run, as Brian, you've demonstrated on some some uh, re- recent yes. podcasts. But mm-hmm. for the next five to seven years, that, that market's going to – they're like better than the baby boomers. Yeah. Well, guess I mean, what else they're doing? Better. They're having pandemic babies left and right. What were they yep. doing when they yep. were stuck at yep. home? They're all pregnant and having babies and needing yep. bigger places. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, those are all factors that you have to throw into the mixing pot and look mm-hmm. at. It's not as easy as asking the magic eight ball. No, no, no. And then what I was saying about the pandemic is construction, new home construction stopped for that period of time in 2020. So you were already behind mm-hmm. and now you went further behind well new it, it it stopped and then the prices jumped up and then we don't have a labor force to do the work right. and you can't get appliances yeah. so or furniture for that matter yeah <laughs> so the last thing i want to just talk about is mention realtors it's important that you read every check box on a contract every word we, t- we talked about the financing part but every now and then you do see somebody miss something mm-hmm. where the seller's not choosing title Mm-hmm. or the seller's paying for the buyer's, doc, the buyer's doc stamps, or vice versa. You'll see mm-hmm. a buyer that has to pay the seller's doc stamps. I mean, it's important if you're selling real estate practicing, read every word, every line, and make sure you're, you're advising your clients mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to their best interest, and you don't miss something and go, uh-oh. Yeah, you're spot on. For 12 years, I was a managing broker. Um, I had up to 450 agents at one time, and any, every day I got to ask a contract question multiple times a day and I always brought the contract out to look at the language mm-hmm. of the contract and read the language of the contract with them it, it is the best friend of a realtor and don't assume yeah. because your state practices one way that that buyer coming from another state or just some sneaky investor is going to check a box that normally would never get checked my favorite one I had a sneaky realtor teach me this one on the um, seller's closing cost there's a blank line there. Did you know that? 
and they'll put um, 3% of the purchase price towards the buyer's closing cost on that little blank line. And if you type it in, most, it real blends in. most realtors miss it. It's, yep. it's an, Some, it's, you, just, you just need to read every line. Because no, normally that would be an addendum. Yeah, or, 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 an or an additional term. So yeah, somebody yeah. actually who practices that way told me they practice that way. And so, guys, just heads up. That's how people, some people practice real estate. It's not wrong. Which it's is another reason other why thing, you don't want to fist bow. <laughs> the other thing that I found out many years ago, and I'm, a, I'm an investor, so I found this out, was you know, the 15-day inspection period. What does a buyer have to do to exit that 15-day? On day 14, what can they do? What do they have to do to legitimately end that contract? Now and you, this is something that most agents don't know. Now, just to let you know that we are specifically talking about the as-is contract, which 95% of realtors use and don't even know how to use the other one. So on the other contract, on the standard contract, there's a whole big process for it. But on the as-is contract, they have to deliver a notice of cancellation and release of escrow. Without the inspection. That's the, yeah, no. So you, yeah, here's the tricky thing. So, you know, you'll have a realtor think, hey, you never did an inspection. They Why don't have to with an as-is. Well, guess what? I went yeah. and found another house. Yeah. yeah, and they like that better. Yeah, I, I've and heard so about investors doing this, where they'll go, they'll make an offer on a property sight unseen, just so that they can get under they contract. A, they they on write something. a seven day or a three and, day, so they and can then, visually and look And then at when it. they get a chance to go out and look at the property, right. they realize, hey, like I'm not going to be able to turn enough margin on this home. Yep. So I'm just going to cancel the contract. Well, and or technically, they re, or they renegotiate and they're going to throw it or, needs a roof. Yeah. Boom, 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 and that's it. And yep. technically, you know, looking at their financials, that was an inspection on. On their part, yes. I mean, they were they were inspecting their financials. Sure. I deal primarily um, in the luxury market, and that other contract I prefer, um, depending on the condition of the home, and um, because a buyer cannot just say, "Hey, I woke up this morning, my hair was parted on the wrong side, I'm going to cancel Buyer's the contract." <laughs> Come on, yeah. yeah so, but in the, in the as is contract, they can, and you know, you brought up another good point, sight unseen. With COVID, what we experienced was a lot of virtual showings. Mm -hmm. If you start looking now at the number of new listings on the market and the number of back on the markets, you're going to see that back on the market has been increasing, 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 because there have been these uh -huh. virtual showings, and then they fly into town and they see it and they yeah. say, eh, the neighborhood doesn't it, quite. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see the 7-Eleven at the end of the street there. Yeah, it like just didn't do it yeah. for me, so I'm going to cancel the contract. So, you know, we had we had an offer on one property, and I had asked the agent, how long have you been working with this buyer? She said, a year. I said, how many other homes has he been under contract with? Three. He hadn't seen the property, and I had just talked to the seller about this. I'm like, you know, I just want to give you this information. My recommendation would not be to negotiate or to go under contract with this wow. buyer until he actually comes into town to see the property. Or we're just taking it off the market. You're losing eyes on it. And then it looks bad, too, to come back on the market. Like, what was wrong with the house? Mm -hmm. So if you're a listing agent, and when you're looking at maybe three, four, five offers, I mean, that's something to consider. I mean, you want to make sure that, hey, I know those people. They, they went in and, and they saw the house. This person, you verify with the agent. They're going to fly in in two days. Their offer is better. 
but is it worth five or ten thousand to take and not take this offer? Well, today? but it, it, it's how we started. It's about getting to the closing table, right? right? It's not necessarily about finding the buyer. It's about making sure we get to the closing table. So even though that offer might be ten thousand dollars more, you're not actually realizing that money. You're risking. Yeah, you're not realizing that money until you get to the closing table. Yeah. yeah. And you see, and you see it happen, you know, all the time. In a normal market, we would see it happen when when um, you're fighting for a buyer. Uh, outside of COVID, when maybe if you have two offers, that was that's that's considered great in a normal market. <laughs> two, yeah. And when yeah, you have two. the investor that hasn't put eyes on the property, Mm-mm. I would have agents all the time, you know, suggest that deal. They fly in five days later, write up a report. I want this, 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 and this, and they already lost the other buyer. Can we have another episode on um, what not to do? <laughs> how people use the as-is contract incorrectly, <laughs> sure. And the origin, <laughs> the origin of the contracts, because this is this is contacts to contracts, and I made it to closings today. But yeah, I you know I, I'm really passionate about contracts and how they're used and uh, used incorrectly. Well, the last episode we did, you did the contact part. Mm-hmm. So now we're at the contract. Now we're at the contracts part. Perfect. Hey, maybe maybe <laughs> that we shouldn't air this one until we do the contracts, and then we'll have contracts. <laughs> I like it. Hey, I we like could it. we could do that. We could make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for dropping some knowledge on us today, Rachel. As, I, as you can tell, I like this stuff. Yeah, like I, you know, going into this, I'm like, Ugh, you know, this is what I'm going to fall asleep for. But like I. <laughs> I uh, you actually make sure you're working with an agent <laughs> that knows every line of a sales. You know, it actually being a lot more interesting important. than I thought. So yeah, yeah good good work. Well, so good. thanks again. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. On behalf of Rachel and John, I'm Brian. And if there's anything that you need, always here to serve. You.